Mulder, look, Colton plays by the book and you don't. They feel your methods, your theories are... Spooky. It's still real to me, damn it! Okay, perfect. Oh, hey, what's up? Hi. My name is Noelle, and I am a bag of putrefied corp juices sitting in your closet next to all of your ball gowns. Ooh, and I'm Chelsea. I'm the uh, eyeshadow that goes all the way to the eyebrow <laughs> on a sweaty, sweaty, sweaty man who doesn't know how to apply makeup. You're right. You're right. I'm also a bowl of assholes. Oh, okay. I like that one too. I wasn't ready. Last week I was ready and we didn't do it. So I didn't get ready this week. Oh, what was your one last week? Was it a bowl of assholes? Is that what you're doing that for? What did we talk about last week? Jimmy? Jimmy, yeah. I don't remember. Uncle Jimmy? Maybe it was the zit you can't pop or something. Ugh, God. I hate those. Honestly, it just burned me alive. So this week has been accidental drag news. Yeah. I know. Like... I started, well, I was just scrolling through Facebook and between boomer ads and political garbage, I saw a story written up um, by Atlas Obscura, which seems like a reputable news source. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, Titled, A Famous Drag Queen, A Mummy in the Closet, and a Baffling Mystery. And this was written back in 2016, so I am very late to the game. Well, what's interesting is, is it probably came up because a RuPaul's Drag Race premiered February 28th, season mm-hmm. 12, mm-hmm. and they did like a split premiere. So six queens debuted that day, and then the next week another six queens um, in the second premiere debuted. Mm-hmm. And Sherry Pie was one of the second... like premiere queens to come up Mm -hmm. and like before it even fucking aired all these allegations of her like catfishing people Mm -hmm. came out and she got disqualified the day vh1 aired the episode yeah so i'm wondering if the algorithm like threw it up yeah or if people are like oh drag is so toxic look at what they're doing I mean, maybe when you learn more about the the dead body in the closet, you kind of agree with it. But the the Sherry Pie thing has been interesting because so they're calling it catfishing. But I believe that's just because we don't have a better word for what yeah. happened here. Because I don't it, catfishing seems like not it doesn't explain it well. So Sherry Pie, who is a drag performer, would tell people in the scene who are trying to be up and coming like, hey, reach out to my producer friend, Allison Moss, which I believe is the name. Something Moss. I think it's Allison Moss or Allie Allison Moss. Mosley. Oh, Mo- Mosley. Something Mosley. like that. Yeah. Any Fake name. <laughs> reach out to the, my producer friend. Here's her contact info. She'll hook it up. Blah, blah, blah. And then that profile would interact with them and basically just like preem them for sexually suggestive videos and photos get them and then ghost them. Mm -hmm. And then it came out that it was Sherry pie the whole time. When I first read it, um, I, I first saw the allegation from the guy who kind of broke this whole story. Mm -hmm. And some of the things that he said that he was asked to do that were humiliating were like, 
smell his armpits like and be obsessed with the smell of them and i was like that is embarrassing like mm-hmm. that would be embarrassing but then as it like came more and more to light um sherry pie under the influence of getting these people to break into like the broadway scene mm-hmm. to these like young gay actors and sometimes straight trying mm-hmm. to turn them to be gay would then be like oh um if you masturbate on camera it can like help you get into character and then also got people to take like steroids to bulk up and shit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I think like catfishing is not the right term. No, catfishing doesn't feel like, I don't know. Because I guess when people talk about catfishing, you could, it's it's just like this type of situation. It's a spectrum, right? Like mm-hmm. I think kind of, and it's not harmless, but on the lighter version of catfishing, it's just like, you think you're talking to a hot model from Florida and it turns out to be a married fat man. Like, right. and that's a bummer, but there's also a worse version of that where you either like you sent them, you know, nude photos or videos or even worse. Like you ended up meeting up with them and they ended up, you know, have, being have a you fat ever been dad. catfished? I've never been catfished, but I've catfished. Who'd you catfish? Uh, <laughs> um, so it and honestly, I don't even know if he'd consider it catfishing because I just dressed up as a boy. I was myself, but I well, not myself. I dressed up as well, that's a lie. I did it twice. So <laughs> let me unpack this. It was so many years ago. I was in high school and the first time I did it, I was oh man. The first time I did it, I was trying to catch this girl, like, um, because I knew she wanted to fuck my boyfriend. Messy. Hi, girl. <laughs> so messy already. <laughs> girl. So, okay, this is, this is, I think this is training wheels catfishing. He right. didn't use AIM, like AOL Instant Messenger. That's how old this story is. Mm-hmm. But, um, but I knew that's how I could, like, catch her. So I made an AIM username that would have been something like that he would have made. And then um, she she started talking to it, thinking it was him. And then immediately, like, I didn't even have to, like, make a script. She immediately was like, I'm trying to suck that dick, boy. And I was like, and I, and then I was like, ha ha, you stupid bitch. This is Noelle. (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> you know big reveal and then i did it again when i was trying to catch someone i was dating cheating on me because everyone was like he's sleazy and this is like in the beginning of facebook like mm-hmm. he adds any hot girl that pops up and immediately is like yo what's up let's hang out and i was like you guys are liars he loves me i can't believe you would say this and then my friend was like watch and so we like went on photo bucket, just typed in like hot blonde, mm-hmm. took a few pictures, put a Facebook profile. It was so fake. It wasn't even real. It like, obviously, so fake, so it fake wasn't, wasn't even real. real. <laughs> Couldn't even pass. Like it had like one fucking friend. Putting that down in merch idea. <laughs> so fake. Snap. It wasn't even real. Um, and he immediately messaged it and was like, what are you doing later tonight? And then I got a text oh. from him being like, hey, I'm not feeling well. I don't <gasps> think. Yeah. And so I was like, good um and then my last time catfishing i dressed up as myself being a scene boy 
And it was more of an experiment. It was me and my friend. We dressed as like scene boys and made MySpace profiles for like our scene boys, mm-hmm. um, who's just us with like our bangs swooped and hoodies and just wanted to see how many people would fucking holler. And they all did is the answer Damn. to that. I n- never got any titty pics, but I know that like, and I just was purposely an asshole. I would like one word response to these people. Oh, and they would just be like, yeah. creaming pants. Yeah, exactly. Um, it was really, it was great. Have you ever catfished anyone? Kind of. Tell me. Oh man, this is like one of my dark secrets. I catfished. I don't know. I didn't do it for dating reasons. I did it to be a bitch. I mean, uh, welcome, ho. Welcome to the club. Um, I'm fucking CEO. <laughs> This girl that uh, I really didn't like, Mm -hmm. I knew she was going to the mall. So I was, how old was I? It doesn't matter. It does matter. Was it last year? (laughs) (laughs) Three weeks ago. I called mall security. Oh, shit. And I was like, I'm really afraid because I'm really Mormon and my sister is going to go to the mall to steal and I don't want her to go to hell. And then I gave them her description oh what happened did they get her they didn't catch her but like one of my our mutual friends who worked at the mall was like holy shit security just came in here looking for so and so and i was like oh like i didn't expect them to react that way oh my they god did. yeah they did yeah i don't really know if you'd call that catfishing or just being a bitch a liar <laughs> either way <laughs> i'm into it either it was way so long ago i was so pissed off at this girl because she just sucked sometimes people suck she sucked and i was like i'll suck harder so i did yeah (laughs) (laughs) i like that well yeah Um, but i've also like put myself in situations where i could 10 out of 10 be murdered off the internet of course where my space guys are like you want to hang out and i was like yep dude i don't know how i didn't die on myspace truly same here people would be like Oh, meet me on State Street in Salt Lake by this sign, and then we can go to my friend's basement. And I was like, "Yeah, fucking fun. Yeah, hell yeah, let's do it yeah. at night with no one around. Absolutely, yeah. I'm there. I'm like, I don't get uh, cell phone service in Salt Lake on my Cricket flip phone, <laughs> but it'll be fine. It'll be so good. All fine. No, I um, feel that. Well, so, so anyway, I don't think that what they're talking about here is catfishing. I think what I did was catfishing. Yeah. I think what you did is not catfishing. I also think that what this drag queen did is predatory. Oh, yeah. When you're... um... Also, like, it's like this weird subculture of, like, gay men, like James Charles did Mm -hmm. it, who try to flip straight guys by just being overtly sexual with them. Yeah. It's... um... I don't really know how to even approach that topic or like that subject because I just like, I understand that it's like inappropriate and like not okay and kind of like disrespectful. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like a boundary issue. Cause like, I don't know. I, it's that, it's that slippery slope that like a lot of um, like kind of flamboyant and confident gay men can fall down where they get get away with being right. um, hypersexual in public. Especially like places when they're in positions of power. Mm-hmm. A so. thousand percent. And um, this one drag queen, I'm blanking on her name. I think she was like the winner of last season. Evie Oddly? Yeah. Evie Oddly came out um, with this statement. That was basically like let her fade into oblivion right. on her own. 
And um, because she was bringing up the point of like, which is just a back backlash of social media is like that, that counter mob mm-hmm. where like an allegation will come out about someone. And it's in this case, it's like tough for me to even say it's an allegation because we all know it's true, but you know, whatever yeah. um, something will come out about someone. And then the internet lashes back tenfold. Right. And um, yeah, she was kind of like, let her fade out. Don't give her more power. You're, you're only stooping to her level by like, you know, bandwagoning this hate and let her fade into nothingness on her own. And like half of me agrees with that. And the other half is like, no, we need to talk about this because for every one story we hear, there's probably hundreds of thousands that go unnoted, you know? Right. Like how many other people is this happening to? Yeah. So I just like, I don't know. Did you read her statement? Yeah, it was basically like, um, yeah, I did it. And since being on RuPaul's Drag Race, I know it's wrong and I'll work on myself, but I have mental health issues. That was basically it. Um, It was like, you know, when Kevin Spacey was like, I'm sorry, I raped people. I'm gay. Yeah. It was like, I'm sorry, I sexually assaulted people. I have mental illness. Yeah. That's how I read it. But how fucking humiliating. Like, literally, there was like a a like whole one minute disclaimer on the first episode of drag race. Like at the beginning, at the top of it, there was like Sherry pie has been disqualified because of what she did and what she said. And then they left it up there. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't some quick blurb and she's going to be in all of the episodes. But um, according to speculation, she made top four. Yeah. That's kind of what they're saying because they said she's not invited to the finale, which, mm-hmm. and then they're like, she's been disqualified, which makes you believe that she's in top four. Yeah, which so, is not what, great. What? It's not great. I don't know. I super. I think what um, VH1 and World of Wonder did was great. I think that they had to address it, mm-hmm. and I also think that they did it in the best way that they could. That didn't affect the other performers. Yeah, I agree. So, well, um, especially now that because um, one of the perks of being on drag races you get a debut at drag con and now drag con is canceled yeah so these girls got the fucking shaft yeah this is probably the worst season to be on drag race it's really unfortunate <sighs> for them because they're all going to be overshadowed by this controversy and also drag con has been canceled because of fucking coronavirus mm-hmm. which yikes so has e3 so has south by southwest festival just the things keep piling the fuck up it, and then today it was officially declared a pandemic by yeah. the World Health Organization. But so was H1N1, and I don't remember people freaking out as bad over that. I remember people freaking out about H1N1. I was actually hospitalized for H1N1 in Sacramento. But, c'est la vie. Um, I did feel like an asshole going and buying toilet paper. But I needed it. We were out. I cannot find fucking toilet paper for the oh, life of go me. go to Winco. Oh, okay, I'll go to Winco. That's actually a good idea. That's where I went, like... I need to go get toilet paper and then a pallet of ramen so I can be ready for the impending apocalypse. Yeah. Also, I just drink tap water, so. Honestly, can we talk about that real quick? Mm-hmm. I don't understand how the two things that people are going after because they think they're going to be quarantined in their house and whatever are toilet paper, sure, fine, and bottled water. I'm like, do you see that thing called your sink? It will always run. Like, as long as you pay your bills, that will always run. What are you worried about? 
Like, what do they think that they're going to get like diagnosed with like coronavirus or be put on a quarantine? And the city's just going to be like, turn the heat in the water off, let yeah. them survive. Like, like it's what gonna the be fuck? Full on post apocalyptic. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I I would think that like canned fruit and vegetables would be gone first before bottled fucking water. Yeah. Also, get a Brita, you peasants. I just drink the gay frog water. I don't care. <laughs> you know, I Alex Jones just got arrested water. for a DWI. DWI. Oh, DWI. My heart is breaking for that man. Are Alex, you? Reach out to me. I'm what? your number one fan. No. <laughs> I love you. I did see that. Did you read into it? Do you know what exactly no. happened? You should look it up really quick. All I saw was like a TMZ article that was like, yeah, Alex Jones has been arrested for DWI. Well, I spent like the majority of my morning, um, Watching 90 Day Fiance, speaking of catfishing. Oh, I'm so glad you finally took my recommendation. Yeah. And then, you know, all my Even favorite though... couples on that have been the Mormon couples. Oh, of course, you fucking loser. Oh, they're big. The, the, the love is real there. It is real. Have you watched Love is Blind? Yes. That's the one that well, people are fucking raving of. about, baby. Um, because I have an illness, I read spoilers first and watched the reunion first. God, you are fucking mentally incapable. <laughs> My is going through the episodes. Um, so, yes, I have seen it with an asterisk. God, why are you the way you are? Do you think... Um, I also recommend that you watch Under the Silver Lake, which everyone should. It's an A24 film with andrew garfield and it's fucking incredible all right and then when you send me that text and you're like don't go down this rabbit hole i already have like a mystery song tab started Great. on our ideas thing so good. i was like it already been done bitch good i can't wait to so, fall down that oh but then um real quick um alex jones was arrested in texas um it says yeah texas county which apparently is a fucking place um the caller had said there was a disturbance between her and her husband and that he had driven off and was possibly drinking. That's when the deputy stopped the car driven by Jones 46 and with the plate number given by the caller, he detected a strong odor of alcohol. According to the affidavit, um, Jones told the deputy he had consumed a bottle of sake wine while having dinner with his wife at a sushi restaurant about 8 PM Monday. After getting into an argument with his wife, he walked home about three miles away, the document said. When the argument continued at home, he left to go to another one of his residences to get away from his wife. Jones was booked into Travis County Jail at 12.37 a.m. local time. His bail was set to $3,000. Um, Jones claims he tested below the 0.08 legal limit and that a countywide... What? A countywide... Durant, what? I don't even know what that word is. What? Let me see. Countywide Dran... Dran... Dragnet? What's a dragnet? Let me Google it. What's a dragnet? We were talking about drag. Now it knows. A dragnet. A net drawn through a river across the ground to trap fish or game. Mine just... Oh, literally dragnet. Literally, I was trying to make it all French. I was like, dragnet. (laughs) (laughs) When I Googled it, it just linked me to an app called Tubi. And it is free. It's literally for catching fish. That's why I don't know anything about it. (laughs) Um, It was started because of a low number of DWI arrests. So naturally, um, he's saying that it was a conspiracy to um, arrest him. I could believe that. I've been pulled over when I was sober before and had to go through the whole gauntlet of fucking field sobriety tests. Jones tested at 0.076. Ooh. 
and 0.079 and failed parts of the one leg stand and walk and turn test. Those are stupid, by the way. Oh, yeah. Don't you think those are dumb? Yeah, I can't stand sober. So what the fuck am I supposed to do drunk? You can't stand for anything. You'll fall. Call an attorney. Yeah. Call an attorney. (laughs) Um, Latch onto a fake bird and fly away. Yeah, they're watching. Um, But what were you going to say before I had to talk about Alex Jones? Oh, um, I was going to say, speaking of canned fruit, we're talking about a gay man zipped into a suitcase. Yeah, kind maybe kind of. I was I was reach I was going for the far reaching segue. I liked it into this. So. I liked it. So I think first to understand all the players in the game, you have to know that um, the reason why this name is might be. Um, a little familiar, um, which is Dorian Corey, is because she appeared on the documentaries, um, the documentary called Paris is Burning, which came out in 1990, which is an amazing, fantastic documentary series. Please watch it. I think it's still on Netflix mm-hmm. about um, the ballroom scene in New York. And it kind of focuses on, because um, most of those ballroom scenes were LGBTQ or non-gendered, um, black and Latina communities mm-hmm. and it goes into not just ballroom but also the houses um, which were kind of these like dance houses like and surrogate perf- families exactly because especially in the uh, 80s and 90s when this was when ballroom was really big um, m- older more established people in the community would create essentially houses like Dorian had one and it was the house of Corey um, and they kind of specialized specialized in voguing, which they um, obviously this community came up with first, and then Madonna, Madonna stole came it. and stole it. But um, these older, more established performers would kind of take in these rejected, abandoned, or homeless LGBTQ youth um, who were typically, um, you know, not white because mm-hmm. they had the toughest time adjusting. And then these houses would go and perform at balls. Um, and we are actually lucky enough here in Salt Lake to have a ballroom scene that's up and coming. It's called the Kiki Ball. They actually have a performance um, coming up soon. It's really cool. Every time they do it, they're in cool venues. And it's it's traditional ballroom. It's really fun. Um, last time I did the anime Kiki Ball. This time I think it's called like Prisms. So it's really fun. It's super cool. Um, and it's just a, oh, like a little hats off to the 80s and 90s ballroom scene. But anyway... So you first would have heard about um, this performer through the Paris is Burning documentary. And then she passed away in October of 93. So three years later after the documentary series came out. And also like she was the most, I would say, like memorable character in the documentary series because she is just like fucking she talks about reading. She talks about like. Mm kind of the origins of like drag shit talk and established so many different things like even rupaul like in the tradition of paris is burning reading is what fundamental yeah or if you're like the um like pepper labeja was in it and then obviously in the house of labeja um that's where you get like the i don't get out of bed for less than ten thousand dollars yeah i'm a model or touch this skin touch all this skin like a lot of stuff that's like burned into yeah. um, our culture, like happened to this. Yeah. Scene. And reading to filth, um, yeah. throwing shade, 
serving tea tea what's the tea like those are all from paris is burning it's all Mm -hmm. this like kind of niche communities vernacular that has been braided into like obviously modern day culture and appropriated Mm -hmm. um but dorian corey was a woman of color and she was a trans performer and that was kind of like she she was the fucking star of that documentary she her one-liners fucking hilarious well and something like to note about new york at the time during this was that the nypd was like notoriously corrupt this is where you get like the central park five Mm -hmm. very much that time and it and because dorian corey was a trans woman and also a person of color also pause real quick on the central park five let's not forget that these um five black men were wrongly convicted of an assault and rape of a white woman jogging in central park and one of the biggest players in their conviction was none other other than fucking donald trump who pulled out like a two-page ad in the new york times saying that they needed to be incarcerated and murdered so anyway just a quick little side fucking bar (laughs) And this was like very that time. So it was not uncommon uncommon for trans women to be beaten and found dead. And there would be literally like no actual real investigation going into it. Mm -hmm. And Venus Extravaganza, who actually appeared in the Paris is Burning documentary, was found murdered shortly after filming. Her body was left in a hotel room and not discovered for a long time. And her own murder has never been solved. Yeah. So very much the atmosphere that all of these queens were... Um, privy to and a lot of times like kind of like with a lot of subculture now is that they take care of their own and mm-hmm. then they keep their mouth shut when yeah. it comes to police interaction yeah so. which ties into the beef of this story which will be um, a potential murder but we'll get to that in a second but I think it's like good to know that during this time during the um, late 80s early 90s in New York and specifically in this community it was like it was not fucking safe and if you like there was no you couldn't call the police you would just get yourself in trouble beaten or you know harassed so right just not not great like um so anyway uh she passed away in 93 and um she unfortunately passed away of aids and uh, at the age of 56 and um she had like she was well known for being a fantastic designer. Mm. Like there's all of these stories of her. Like, I think she went to like a pretty prestigious fashion school for a moment. She was unbelievably talented. And there was a performance she did at a ball where she had a gown and that had a cape that was as long as the ballroom floor. Mm -hmm. She was known for her, like extravagant capes yeah and the cool thing with that cape is like she would come out in it and then like she had these little minions that would run around and then they like propped her cape up into like a tent that Mm -hmm. covered like the ballroom which is like i know it's like oh we've never seen it before next in fashion literally everything she was doing is stuff that i have yet to see still like yeah a true innovator and so talented yeah it like unbelievable um so when she kind of knew that she was passing she reached out to her friend Lois Taylor and was like, Hey, like take any of my costumes that you want and then donate the rest. Mm -hmm. And there was this, um, so she wanted to grab when she did pass, she went to her apartment in Harlem and started digging through her massive amounts of, um, clothes and costume and dress and pick some of her favorites and then was getting ready to donate some to, um, this Halloween drag performance. Then also a bunch of local Queens and she had to bring like two other people with her because it was literally like that packed full of stuff. And while they were in her 
Harlem apartment sifting through all of this fabric. They open a giant closet, start going through that and see this like green plaid garment garment bag folded over on the floor and unable to move it by herself. Mm-hmm. Like so it had been propped in the corner and was as heavy as a bag of bricks. And she, they were like, let's just cut it open. Yeah. What's the worst that she was happen? like, I weighed 135 pounds. I could not lift that fucking thing is what Taylor told New York magazine in 1993. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> she, Unable to open it and probably assuming that it was full of like gold bricks or something like that. She grabbed a pair of scissors and started cutting through the garment bag. And the moment they got halfway through, because it was, it wasn't just a garment bag. It was like fabric wrapped in fake leather wrapped in like, it was just Mm -hmm. this cocoon. And by the time they got halfway through, they were immediately hit with this fucking smell. (laughs) Yeah. Like just, like a fucking sarcophagus mm-hmm. and um what that smell happened to fucking be well it smelled so bad that they were like whoa like they immediately knew and called the police yeah it's like, even if you've never smelled um like putrefying body or flesh or something rotting I mean, first off live a little yeah come on go outside maybe you know hang around get into some trouble even a lot of people say, like, I think um, police officers and coroners agree to this as well, that, like, you've even if you've never smelt a dead body, the moment you do smell one, you immediately know. It's almost like your yeah. brain instinctively is like, that's a dead body. Like, you fucking, mm-hmm. you know it immediately. So they stopped and called police. And um, after peeling through the multiple layers of the fabric and the fake leather and plastic... They found, and at this point it was detectives who had actually had to mm-hmm. dig through, um, a partially mummified, partially putrefying, yellow, purple, green body in the fetal position. In With ear, ears, ears described as mere cartilage vestiges. Like, yeah. <laughs> Skin as thin as paper. Wearing blue and white boxers that were tattered up, um, I think half of a sleeve and a bullet in its head. Also, beer beer tabs. Oh yeah, and that's like, how when you like pop a soda. Like when I was reading this, people were like with with tabs, tabs, and like some people were like, I was like, what the fuck kind of tabs? It's like when you open a fucking soda and you pull the like tab off those well, tabs. So that's how they helped kind of identify. So also when they opened this bag, a bunch of beer tabs fell out. And um, they were these like flip top beer can tabs that hadn't been used since the 60s and 70s. Yeah. So at this time, they were thinking this body had been in there for like 15 well, years. And the body was like you said, um, the skin was so thin that it was like literal tissue paper. So mm-hmm. they had to like dip it in this solution to thicken it up. Yeah. So that they could get fingerprints from yeah. it. And um which is also funny, like, I, I've talked about her before, but Ask a Mortician on YouTube, she covered this story and she talked about how um, the coroner who was in charge of getting the fingerprints off of this body is, it's just like this weird funeral director thing where they're really pretentious and private about, like, their special secret formulas mm-hmm. that they use to, like, for him it was pulling fingerprints off of this 
basically disintegrating corpse and some for other people it's their special type of embalming fluid like there it's so weird it's like dude you could probably help solve so many unidentified persons cases oh my god what if it's just like formaldehyde with like essential oils <laughs> for the smell <laughs> it's formaldehyde and lavender um that'd be so soothing you just fall asleep um yeah it, while they're putting their formaldehyde in you you just yeah. go to bed like in you Ugh. I don't want to think of formaldehyde in me. Well, you'll be dead, so you don't have to. Um, so anyway, <laughs> they identify the body as Robert Bobby Worley. And um, and this guy was a real piece of work. A real motherfucker. Um, the type of guy who, if you found out that he was found dead 15 years later as a half-mummified, half-putrified body in a bag in a drag queen's closet, you would go, huh, well, or like... Par why for the course. Well, it's like he had like a family and you're like, why didn't his family report him missing? And then you find out that he was like arrested and convicted for rape. He beat people mm-hmm. up, beat his like partners and has just been an asshole. And you're like, oh. Since his conception. And yeah, you're like, no one cared. Yeah. No one fucking cared. Um, But oh yeah, also when they found... uh his body and did more tests on it they there was a period of time where he was for sure just sitting in a soup of fucking body fluids because he was half mummified half putrefied uh mummified being like you know skin wrapped leather putrefied being actively rotting and liquefying flesh what do you think that would taste like rotting flesh no like the soup <laughs> oh man i don't even know you know like sometimes when you walk by a really rancid trash can and you breathe it and you kind of taste it i'm assuming Mm -hmm. like that maybe one time um this is such a deviated story i had a goldfish named gypsy and uh i I don't know (laughs) and uh i had it and it had died and I told all my friends, I said, I want to have a Viking's funeral for it because I was super attached to this goldfish. Uh-huh. And they're like, yeah, let's do it. So Which, explain a Viking funeral. Yeah, so we we're going to build them a little boat and then we we're going to light it on fire and then we we're going to push it out into Hobbs Pond, which is notorious for like, don't swim there with open wounds. And there's also a giant metal pipe that sticks out of the middle of it in Leighton. Oh, so you, and there's like a rope swing that goes right to this pipe that's exposed. Yeah. So you'd be like, mind the like swing left, swing left. Anyway, so we were like gonna do that, and uh, we couldn't do it that day. So I put it in, I put him in Tupperware, then I like put him in the back of the fridge, and then some time had passed. Let's call it maybe like a year and a half. What? And you uh, just let this dead fish in your refrigerator, not even freezer, just rot in my fridge. Yeah. So I opened it. And it was so weird because, like, it hadn't rotted, but, like, the fish was white. And it was, like, a very pretty, like, golden pink fish. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of my friends dared me to smell it. So I did, but I don't really have a sense of smell, so I couldn't smell anything. And then I just threw it away. Like, all of it outside. Oh. Anyway, sorry. Just how the Vikings would have wanted <laughs> yeah, it. Yes, so I'm wondering. <laughs> I'm wondering if after 20 years, if it even, I was, like, if the, it smells like anything. Like, obviously, they release some smell but yeah well they said it smelled pretty fucking bad but but there was a point where it was like actively putrefying in soup which is just yeah but i wonder like what the difference is between a goldfish and tupperware in a fridge or a man in a suitcase you know i'm not a doctor but i'd say a lot 
<laughs> I'd probably say a fucking lot. Oh man. Um, speaking of speaking fucking of as another sidebar and, and talking about rotting animals. So one of my favorite alley cats um, just like randomly died. I think it may have gotten in a fight, but it was like right next to my car, but over a fence. It had just like laid down and died. Mm-hmm. And um, super bummer sidebar sidebar. Um, Rachel, our friend Rachel was having a notoriously bad day in the group chat. And I was like, I hope this makes you feel better. And I meant to send her a picture of Apollo escaping <gasps> onto the balcony. <laughs> but I like, <laughs> dead fucking cat. Ah! Didn't her cat like recently go missing for like a small period of time? Yeah, too? but we found it. But we found it. So yeah. <laughs> so I accidentally sent her a picture of a dead cat because like I took <laughs> fucking I took a picture of the cat to send it to um my boyfriend and I was like oh no my favorite alley cat because we're fucking deranged weirdos and I forgot to um delete the picture and for first glances they looked like kind of they had the same background because they were both outside so I totally spaced that I had this picture of a dead cat on my phone I think that my most recent you know image is of Apollo escaping onto the balcony and instead I send a picture of a dead cat in the group chat so anyway an asshole I know I'm sorry that's like way worse then my mom hearing my mom go what's why does this container say don't open on it <laughs> me running upstairs and just like slapping it out of her hands oh my god yeah that's I, terrible you should freeze the cat and then we should or put him in the fridge and then we should so here's the thing i was getting ready to fucking um bury it i had kind of also just watched it for a week just to see what would happen because i am I've got, you know, mental, mental curiosities. And so I was like watching it kind of decay. And then I was thinking about burying it this week. And then I went out there this morning and it was gone. I should have checked in the trash, but someone moved it because it started to putrefy. Mm. Um, So anyway, that's my story about a rotting animal. So speaking of rotting animals, this motherfucker. So we kind of just talked about how it was a motherfucker without really talking about it. Three years in prison, all of the whole shebang. He, the only records anyone could find about um, Bobby was that he had an extensive record and not just like petty shit, like violent, sexual, and um, just horrific fucking shit. So he'd been arrested for raping and assaulting a woman in 1963 and served three years in prison because the 60s. I'm also surprised that someone could actually get a prosecution for a rape in the 60s. I mean, considering that's... You just get slaps on yeah. these days. Considering they would have been like, just like they do today, what were you wearing? Right. Um, and... His family fucking hated him. He, like, after getting out of jail, he tried to, like, live with his brother and ended up, like, beating the shit out of, like, a seven-year-old. Like, just an overall motherfucker. Um, just, yeah, a violent sexual predator and deviant. Mm-hmm. And um, so, oh, yeah, also, Dorian Corey, it was Parsons School of Design. So that's where she went and learned how to sew and be a fantastic designer. Um, so there are a few conspiracies because at the end of the day, no one knows what happened here. Like no one knows why 
yeah bobby was dead in her closet there's like a few theories so let's go through like the less fun ones and the first one's probably that she ain't had no idea it was there she moved in with all her shit and it got buried in the closet i mean sure a possibility because it's like not as fun like yeah because she also in you know in the beginning we were talking about she told her friend go through my closet grab all grab all your favorite shit right she if you you'd think but also we don't really know if you you'd think that if you had murdered someone or were stashing a body that you would be like oh the body in my closet maybe i should warn them or maybe i should get rid of it you know like you'd think that that would be kind of a little a little note in the back of your head always. Right. And like she moved into that apartment in 1968 and it could have just been very, um, oh, I can't lift this by myself. It's in the back of my closet anyway, mm-hmm. like an out of sight, out of mind thing. How likely do you think this is? I don't think this one's likely at all. I don't think so either. The one that I want to believe is that she was kind of a vigilante. So, well, here, okay. Well, so between that, like, the other one is that she killed this dude in an act of self-defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she was it's known. like the vigilante type thing. Yeah, she was known to carry a motherfucking thing on her. And remember, he's got a bullet hole in his head. Right. And he is a repeat offender. And this was also, you know, Harlem in the, at this time, it would have been like the seventies right. and this, in this kind of, um, lower income neighborhood was not a safe place. The thought of someone breaking in and trying to harm her or rob her and then her having to defend herself is very likely. And then that ties into the whole, well, why wouldn't she call the police then if she was the right. victim? Well, she was, um, you know. A trans woman of color. That's yeah. fucking why. So like, and also like she had turned to prostitution before mm-hmm. to help supplement before she got really successful. So it's also possible that, um, and Corey or not Corey, um, James Woolley or whatever was a rapist. So it's possible that he tried to attack her. Um, she turned his head. Bobby, into, Robert. Yeah. Bobby Robert. tried to attack her. And then, um, uh, to kind of get around the how could she have moved the body like the whole thing of drag at the time was like the houses like she could have had her house help her move it or somebody yeah. and then everybody just agreed yeah she to was also talk. a six two woman like she could have fucking she could have dragged that motherfucker you know what i mean thrown him in the thrown him in the corner of her fucking closet um right. so that's also kind of like a leading theory there's also um a theory that she was protecting the real murderer, mm-hmm. which is kind of fun. Um, that, like, it's plausible that she was helping someone in the community who had done potentially a similar thing. Like, you know, a lot of these queens ended up turning to um, sex work to help supplement because it's tough to get, you know... It's tough to find a fucking job, let alone when you're, you know, a trans performer in the fucking 60s. Right. Um, and potentially this was something that happened to one, uh, you know, someone in one of her houses or even just a mutual friend. Um, and she was kind of like this mother bear figure mm-hmm. who knew that, like, she was the only reason why a lot of these people were still alive and healthy and doing okay. And if one of them came to you and was like, I've done something terrible. 
Like, I need your help or I'll fucking die. I'll go to jail and rot forever. I'll get killed in jail if you don't help me. Like, this person was a bad person. I did what I had to do. I could see her, especially after watching her on Paris's Burning, be like, don't fucking say anything else. Go inside. You know what I mean? And just cleaning up the mess. Well, even the documentarian of Paris's Burning, um, Jenny Livingston, said that, like, Corey's neighborhood was like a fucking armpit and what any kind of crime there was possible um even like tons of Mm break-ins and um it could have even been something as like a petty stand-up for cash but or also like a protective thing Mm -hmm. um and i looked at the gun that um she carried it was a 22 caliber so that's like a just little handgun they also make 22 caliber like rifle things yeah i don't not a gun expert i don't know guns so yeah it's just but there's and then there's another theory which i think is the more kind of like outlandish one Well, the fun one here sorry uh real quick that's probably it the robbery one was that apparently uh allegedly there was a note left with the body Mm -hmm. that said warley broke into my home and was trying to rob me yeah but like that it's weird that that can't be confirmed or not so the cool thing was the play is that what you're going into next yeah Let's talk about yeah. that. You you talk about it. So I think the uh, my favorite theory is it was like an act of passion or self-defense. Um, like it's very possible that they did know each other because before Bobby's death, his brother claimed that he was contacted by him and ramble and his brother Bobby was rambling on about someone named Dorian. Mm-hmm. Um it could have been that um, at the time it was either a thing where he was gay and was dating um, or, you know, could have considered himself straight and then didn't know how to process being in a relationship with a trans woman, mm-hmm. which is still stuff that happens now, mm-hmm. or that he was gay and was trying to keep the relationship hidden. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, the coolest thing was that... Um, Dorian Corey had written a like small novel slash play that kind of corroborated what happened with the actual murder. And it was a it was about a transgendered woman who killed her lover in revenge after he pressured her to have a sex change. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that, that could totally be based on real life events yeah. because we're just barely scratching the surface on what it means to, like for sexuality when you're with a trans person. Mm-hmm. So like the thought that this was gonna be in someone like bobby's mind like i can be straight with a trans woman Mm -hmm. probably didn't translate very well um but even like pepper labeja is like i don't ever remember dorian having a a boyfriend that matches that but also she was a very like dorian could be a very private person outside Mm -hmm. of the drag scene yeah yeah and i think this is the story that i kind of believe just because um bobby's brother came out and said that like he was talking about being with this person Mm -hmm. and um like kind of like arguing with his brother about this person's lifestyle which would make you think that he that was him lightly scratching the surface that he's uncomfortable and aggravated by um the ballroom scene and the lgbtq community right and then of course the smoking gun is Dorian's story written about, you know, having to kill a lover because they're trying to pressure you into getting a, um, you know, a sex. And I tried to find surgery. it. It does exist. I just couldn't find. Yeah. I couldn't find it. it. 
I couldn't find it either. But um, that's kind of the one that most people tend to believe. But at the end of the day, all of them seem probable and logical. I love it. Like, it's very... uh I don't know, like, this comes up so many times in media where, like, you wrong a woman and then she just fucking kills you and gets away with it. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. That's what he gets. Yeah. Being, I mean, I know Harvey Weinstein just got convicted to, like, 25 years today, but sometimes it's nice to just see a rapist be straight up murdered, you know? Yeah, and then just forgotten about in the back of a drag queen's closet. I think that's the best part is that, yeah. like, behind... She got you, bitch. Literally. Like, yeah. In a fucking... in a in a plastic bag wrapped in fake leather draped in plaid fabric in the corner of a drag queen's closet that's exploding with bedazzled dresses and sequins mm-hmm. cloaks there's a fucking rapist in the fetal position yeah and imagine how dying. shook everybody was when venus extravaganza was murdered and it some people are thinking it was probably in a similar scenario where she was um, she was not trans, but um, was dressed as like in the female impersonator uh, thing. And then somebody attacked her. Yeah. Found out wasn't a woman mm-hmm. and uh, killed her. So yeah. imagine like going through Dorian Corey's mind where as a trans woman, um, somebody wants you to like fully get a sex change or they'll kill you. Yeah. So. Yeah. You know, good fucking riddance. Yeah. I'm stoked on it. That's the only time you shouldn't clean out your closet is when there's a dead rapist inside of it. Yeah, it's like taking skeletons in our closet to a higher meaning. So yeah, that's, I I don't know, I I love that. I also love that it kind of is still unsolved. It's probably unsolved because we still live in a time where people don't care to look into any case or crime involving, you know. Yeah, and this community. Corey, yeah, so Venus Extravaganza, totally, probably never going to be solved, but at the same time, like, knowing that Dorian Corey had a dead body in her closet for 20 years and then people being like he was an asshole yeah maybe like kind of the pendulum swinging the other way to some sort of semblance of justice yeah um I would I would chalk this up to a win for the I would community I think it's a win I think it's hard w also the fact that Dorian Corey in Paris is burning has like this quote that I'll not even try to paraphrase but it's basically like I want to be remembered. I want to, you know what I mean? I mm-hmm. want to be like in the the halls of history and then, you know, she is. So, I kind of love that as well. And she is for what I'd argue is a great reason. Yeah, and um I think that it's okay to be like an imperfect hero, but so this was what um this is what she said that Everybody wants to leave something behind them, some impression, some mark upon the world. And then you think you've left a mark on the world if you just get through it and a few people remember your name. Then you've left your mark. You don't have to bend the world. I think it's better to just enjoy it. Pay your dues and enjoy it. If you shoot an arrow and it goes real high, hooray for you. See? Stunning. And scene. And scene. Thank you, Dorian Corey, for fucking killing a rapist for us and throwing him with all of your gowns. I'll pour one out for you later at Kung Fu Night. Yeah, everyone pour one out for her. And um, don't be a fucking weirdo. Don't catfish people. That's on me. I live with that every day. <laughs> yeah, I... S- sorry, at least so, the... Sorry. At least 
Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Um, my bad. I uh, have a lot of hate in my heart. No, and- <laughs> what you did was fucking gangster. <laughs> I'm into it. I'm fucking into it. But yeah, I guess my homework for everyone is go watch Paris is Burning. It's on Netflix currently. or And I also think you can probably get it on YouTube. It's so old. Yeah, it is probably so old. Also, do you see Apollo right yeah, now? Yeah, that's He's real so cute. Hi, my boy. Okay. Um, hail fucking Satan. God damn it. Hail murdering rapists. Murdering them. Not the ones who murder and rape, but the ones who murder rapists. Thanks for the clarification. I don't. The comma wasn't there. 